0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 5th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. This week is Banned Books Week. As the Cato Institute's Neil McCluskey points out, banning books is almost inevitable when public schools must negotiate the diverse views of a wide variety of cultures. McCluskey is author of Feds in the Classroom, available at cato.org.
1: It's natural and reasonable to recoil at the idea that we have public libraries that we have public school reading lists, and that there are some people who say, look, this book, that book, this writing is not acceptable and cannot be in your school library. It can't be on your school reading list. Of course, we're going to be upset by that because it's somebody, you know, often somebody else in our district, but maybe somebody we don't know, trying to say, no, you can't read that or you shouldn't read that. At least that's how we see it. But the banned books problem goes much deeper than that. And this is something that the American Library Association and the other groups that really push Banned Books Week, which we've had for 30 years. People don't know it all that well, but it's been for 30 years. Um, they don't tell you is the problem starts as soon as some public entity, be it a library, uh, be it the school library, or be it a teacher on a, putting on a, a reading list for their class, when they say, here are books you should read here are books we think we should buy, and then they, they they almost have no choice. There are other ones they have to exclude. So the real problem starts at the very beginning when you have government decide what books are okay for kids to read and then decide other books are not okay to read. They're not okay to put in the library. And so the root problem is government making a decision about what books it favors and which it does not. The first problem is, of course, that government is favoring speech or not favoring speech, which is obviously a violation of the whole idea of freedom of speech. And government should be neutral in speech, and it isn't. So that's your first violation of of expression rights. And it's one people don't think of a lot. They, don't, they think about, yes, banning is terrible, and we should be upset when people do that. But we don't think of, well, we've empowered some librarian who gets a public salary to decide, Which books are okay and which aren't. The next problem, and this is probably the deeper problem, just when you talk about the purchasing of books, is that it is done with taxpayer money. And when you take money from Citizen X and you use it to buy a book, you have required that taxpayer. You have compelled that taxpayer to support someone else's speech. And compelled supportive speech is also a violation of free expression. You would be outraged if somebody said, I'm going to take $100 and and use it to buy a microphone for Governor Romney or President Obama. You'd say, I don't support those guys. But that's essentially what we do when we let government decide to buy a book. And that's the second really basic violation is to say, I'm compelling you. I'm requiring you, Mr. Taxpayer, to pay for this speech you might not like. Then the third major problem, and probably the biggest problem, biggest violation of of conscience rights and speech rights, is when this is used in schools, where now we say you have to pay for these public schools, which are free, so essentially we're saying you should put your kids here. If you don't, we're penalizing you by making you pay twice. And we say, we will decide what they're going to read. And, of course, then the teacher also drives the discussion about what the book says. And that can lead to huge problems. And people have every right, whether it's one person or 90% of the people or 99.9% of the people in district. All of them have a right to say, I don't want my child subjected to that. And, and this is really the crucial point. Remember, it's easy to say, and this is often what we hear, well, it's not right that most people in the district want this book, but you know there are these three or four parents who don't, as if you, are, you have greater rights when there are more people who agree with you. The whole idea behind a free society is that we the minority has equal rights. And so it, it's easy to sit there and say, well, the majority wants X, Y, or Z, but that is a, that's is—that's a basic violation of what this country is supposed to stand for, protection of minority rights. And so when we see this happen in schools, now you're imposing it on people's children. And that's why we have a violation of rights and then constant conflict, always fighting about, well, should Harry Potter be on, on the shelves? Should we require kids to read books that use racial slurs? all sorts of problems that lead to constant conflict and division. And that's the really, the big irony here is public libraries, public schools are supposed to be these institutions that unite diverse people, but they force you into conflict because you're essentially forced into an arena with everybody else to say, we can't pick something that you all like. We can't give everybody something they want, especially if what you want are at odds with each other. If you want that book that, you know, for historical purposes, to for reality, you know, uses the ethnic slur, but other people say, no, this is teaching my children to say things that I find abhorrent, you gotta fight it out, and only one side can have their values win. And that is really the the huge irony here, is these institutions that are supposed to bring us together really force us at each other's throats and, in the process, violate the most basic of our
0: rights. Neil McCloskey is Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom and author of Feds in the Classroom. You can get your copy at Cato.org.